0: Folks, we have been going through the letter to the Galatians, and basically we've entitled the series Accepted, and, and there's a reason why I've used that title, because I want you to understand that you and I are accepted by God, not because of us, but because of Jesus. Jesus. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's not because of you. Because if you think about you, you think about your failures. And the older you get, the more failures you have. Am I right in saying that? The more regret, the more shame that you carry, the more I wish, that enters into your mind, I wish I'd done this, or I wish I didn't do this. And I wish I hadn't made that mistake. Those those enter your mind, and, and you think somewhere along the line that God sees you the way that you see yourself sometimes. But God doesn't see you that way. If you have come to him by faith, you are accepted, not because of you, but because of Jesus. And that's what salvation is. Salvation is realizing what he did for you and accepting it by faith, realizing who he is, what he did for you, and accepting it by faith. Now the problem is, the problem is for a lot of us, we understand salvation comes by faith, but then we look at the Christian life that he gives us, the new life that he gives us, and we then start heading in a wrong direction because we've got so many people telling us that we need to do things. They're either on TV, even in our churches. And we lose sight of the fact that we're accepted. And when we lose sight of the fact that we're accepted, we forget how to experience grace in our lives day by day. Because he gives us grace day by day. And that's what Paul's been talking about in this letter. He's writing the Galatians because he was just there. He helped establish their church. He led them to Jesus. He leaves, and then all of a sudden they start getting, they were deceived by others who came along and told them, you know, that faith in Jesus thing is good, but you need to do this. You need to do this in order to be a good Christian, to be accepted. So he wrote this letter. So now we've come to chapter 3, and he's been talking to them about living by faith. Now he's going to help them to understand a little bit about that it's salvation by faith. Grace in your life is because of faith, not because of effort. And to help you to understand that, he's going to spend the first part of what we're looking at today asking questions challenging his readers, challenging the Galatians, I would say challenging you and I, as far as where you're at in your Christian life. So we're going to look at verses 1 to 9 today, and we're going to look at what he wants us to see about salvation by faith. I hope it speaks to you, okay? Hope it speaks to you. Look with me. It'll be up on the screen. Look at how he starts out, verse 1. O foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth, before whose eyes Jesus Christ was clearly betrayed among you as crucified? This only I want to learn from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law? or by hearing of faith? Are you so foolish, having begun in the Spirit, that you are now being made perfect by the flesh? Have you suffered so many things in vain, if indeed it was in vain? Therefore, he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you, does he do it by the works of the law, or by hearing of faith? just as Abraham believed, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Therefore, know that only those who are of faith are the sons of Abraham. And the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel to Abraham beforehand, saying, In you all the nations shall be blessed. So then those who are of faith are blessed, with believing Abraham. Now here's what we're going to do, folks. We're going to look at verses 1 to 5 and we're going to see the challenge. Okay, There's four things, four questions that come out of this that you're going to ask yourself. I'm going to ask myself, you're going to ask yourself. And then we're going to look at verses 6 through 9, what it means to be children of faith. What it means to be children of faith. Okay. Now we understand children of faith That's being a believer, right? But he's going to tell us what it is. But first we need to be challenged. So here's the questions. I want you to notice with me. Verse 1, look at what he says. Oh, foolish Galatians. Who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ was clearly betrayed among you as crucified? Here's what he's saying. First thing, who has distracted you from living the new life in Christ? Who has distracted you? That's the first question you're going to have to wrestle with. Who has distracted you? Now, I think it's interesting. Look at how he begins. He tells them they're what? Foolish. What does that imply? They're not a fool. But you ever told somebody you're being foolish in doing something? You know that if they do that, the outcome's not going to be good. And you just don't want to come right out and and just land blaze them. You're just saying, oh, you're being foolish doing that. That's because they're not thinking about what they're doing. And then he says to them, who has bewitched you? Does anybody understand that term, bewitched you? It gives the implication that somebody has pulled the wool over their eyes. Somebody has deluded them. Somebody has deceived them into a line of thinking that's not good. And so this is what he's saying to them. He's saying to them, somebody has come along and distracted you from living the life that you have in Jesus now. Now what's that life? We talked about it last week. It's living by faith. What do you mean? It's living by faith that your acceptance with God is what? By what he has done for you with Jesus rather than by what you have done. Because if you try to live by the law, remember he already told you, all it proves is what? You're a what, folks? A sinner. You try to live by the law, all it's proving is what? What? That you're a sinner. He's trying to get you to understand that when you go into a church or you go into a mindset that says, well, I need to make sure I do my devotions every day and I need to make sure that I go to church or I need to make sure that I give and I need to make sure that I serve, in order to be accepted by the Lord, in order to have his blessing or have him show favor to me, you're being deceived. Now, let me just stop for a moment because I have to qualify that because somebody will say, well, shouldn't they come to church, George? Yes, you should come to church. But you come to church not for acceptance with God, but because of acceptance. Do you understand what I'm saying? Shouldn't you give? Yes, you, you give not because you have to give. Paul even says that, not by compulsion, but giving is a grace, he says in First Corinthians. You give because of the acceptance. You serve others, not because you're trying to get something from God, but because he already loves and accepts you. And you're doing it out of what? Love. See, we've got it so reversed in our minds obedience is a result of the acceptance not for acceptance and somebody has deceived us so who's distracted you in your life is it some well-meaning christian at work is it a family member is it something somebody told you years ago You'd be surprised how many people are living their Christian life not based upon what God tells them in their word, but because of somebody else. And it actually distracts them from what God is really wanting to do in their lives. Okay? First question. Let's look at the second thing he says to us here. Okay? Second thing we find it, verse 2. Look at verse 2. This only I want to learn from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Here's the second question. You've got to ask yourself, did you receive the Holy Spirit by faith or effort? Okay, so everybody recognize the moment you got saved, who entered into your life? The Holy Spirit did, right? Is he with you always? Yeah, until you go to be with Jesus, right? Right? He's your guarantee. He is your seal of the salvation that you have received. Now, Paul is trying to get you to understand how did you receive him? By the stuff you did? Or by what? Yeah, by grace, by your faith in Jesus. Do you understand? That's the the issue here. You received the empowerment of God through the Holy Spirit, in your life, the one who's always with you, guiding you, directing you, convicting you of sin, he's there with you forever, not because of you, but because of who, folks? Because of Jesus and what he did for you, and that you accepted what he did by faith. Not by your efforts. Do you understand? You can't do anything to receive him. It's a gift. It comes through what? Faith. isn't that what Ephesians chapter two verses eight and nine says, "For by faith are we saved, not of works lest any man should boast. And so the evidence of that salvation, folks, the evidence of the salvation that you have in your life is who lives within you, the Spirit of God. So, so get that, get that right. So in your mind, think about it, okay? I give, but I don't give to ensure that the Spirit of God works in my life. I give because the Spirit of God works in my life. Do you understand? There's a difference. There's a difference. Look at the third question now. Look with me. Verses 3 and 4. Are you so foolish? Again, he's trying to point out to them they're wrong in their thinking. Are you so foolish, having begun in the spirit that you are now being perfect by the flesh? Have you suffered so many things in vain if indeed it was in vain? He's talking about spiritual maturity here. He's talking about spiritual maturity. And to be honest with you, suffering is a part of the maturity process. How do you know that? Go to James Just real quick, let me read it to you. James, chapter 1, he says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. Let your patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. So he's talking about spiritual maturity here. All right, so what's the point? Are you trying to achieve spiritual maturity by effort or by faith? That's the whole point he's making here. These are interesting questions, aren't they? They're trying to get you to think about why you're doing what you're doing. It's really getting down to that, isn't it? Why are you doing what you're doing? Is it so that you can gain acceptance with God? Or is it because you already are accepted? Is it by your effort? Let's be honest. Spiritual maturity doesn't come through effort, does it? You know, I've been a believer now 35 years. It'll be 35 years in April. I've met a lot of Christians through the years in 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 the two churches I've pastored, in other churches that I've attended. And I've met people who have, quote, been a Christian for a long time, and they do all the right things, but some of them are some of the most immature spiritually I've ever met. What does that tell you? You don't gain spiritual maturity by just doing the right stuff. Do you understand me? It doesn't come that way. Spiritual maturity comes by what? Living by faith. Because listen, isn't spiritual maturity nothing more than understanding and trusting Jesus more in your life? Isn't that what it is? Spiritual maturity is nothing more than having a greater understanding of the living God working in your life and trusting him. Because if you notice, the spiritually mature are able to handle things that the immature are not able. How is that possible? Because they're doing all the right stuff? No, it's because they've learned to trust Jesus more through time. Do you understand? They've learned to trust Jesus more. And listen, can I explain something to you? Spiritual maturity is not being able to answer Bible questions. Spiritual maturity is how long have you been walking with Jesus? And how deep is your relationship with him? Do you understand? And that doesn't come through effort, folks. Stop for a moment. Think about it. All right, so we announced that you should pick up a daily bread. Okay? Some of you use the daily bread. And, And that's a good tool. It's a tool. But I'm going to tell you right now, just simply doing the daily bread every day, reading your Bible every day, isn't going to give you a deeper walk with Jesus. Now, it's 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 a tool. you got to spend time. The deeper walk with Jesus comes from what? Trusting him. Relying on him. Seeking after him. Growing with him. Through what? The stuff you go through in life. And let's be honest, folks, you will go through that stuff. You'll go through that stuff because others will create havoc in your life. You'll go through that stuff because you'll create the same havoc in your own life, right? And maturity is learning to get through it because you're walking with Jesus. Do you understand? It's about learning to walk with Jesus. Because you could spend time with someone and never get anywhere as far as maturity in that relationship. I think you understand that, right? This is what he's asking. Are you trying to achieve spiritual maturity by your effort or by faith? You've got to ask yourself that question. One final question he's going to raise to us here. Look with me at verse 5. Therefore, he who supplies the Spirit to you, and works miracles among you, does he do it by works of the law, or by hearing of faith? This is an important question, because I can almost guarantee you, like myself, you have fallen trap to this lie. Here's the question. Does effort or faith result in the work of God in your life? Does effort or faith result in the work of God in our life? Wow. What is that talking about, George? Well, let me ask you a question. Some of you right now, you need God to show up in your life and do something. Maybe you're facing a financial issue. Maybe you're facing a... Fiscal issue, a physical issue in the sense of your health or something or the health of a loved one. Maybe you're facing a relationship issue. Maybe it's in your marriage or with a child or maybe it's with some friends or maybe it's something going on at work. But all you know right now is is you need God to show up in your life and take care of it. Can we relate to that? You ever been there? I'm there many times, sometimes multiple times in a day. Now, here's what happens. You begin to think, well, maybe I need to show up at church more. Maybe I need to give more. Maybe I need to volunteer more. Maybe I should Read my Bible more. Wow, George just told me about the Daddy bread. I'll start doing that. And the whole reason why you're doing that is because you want to get God's attention, and you're hoping that by your effort, He'll give you His attention in your favor and help you with your problem. I see it all the time. I see people who show up to church, and they show up for a while because they're looking for something from God, and then either they'll get it or they don't get it, but usually the result is the same. They usually end up quit coming because he didn't do it for them, or quote, it worked. I'll be back the next time. I need him. See, this is what the question is. Does effort or faith result in the work of God of your life? Can I tell you, folks, that is wrong thinking. Why? Because I'm going to tell you right now. I bless my kids in my household. Lori and I bless our kids in our household because we love them, not because they take the garbage out. Not because they clean up their rooms. Not because they get good grades. Not because they didn't tick me off that day. Did you understand what I'm saying? We bless our kids, you bless your kids, because you what, folks? Love them, right? Why do we get this concept that the God who saved us by faith not because of ourselves, but because of Jesus, now shows favor to you because you did enough of the right stuff, which, by the way, you don't even know what enough of the right stuff is because nobody tells you what enough of the right stuff is. You're trying to figure it out. Do you understand what I'm saying? You see the trap we're in? God does the work of God in your life by answering your prayers, by blessing you, by being there, by giving you strength and wisdom because of what? What? faith, not because of your effort. And I can tell you right now, when he calls the Galatians foolish, he's called George foolish. Because I've been foolish, folks, by thinking this way. Because that's not what salvation is. Right? Isn't it good that we're reminded? See, these challenges that he's given us, these four questions, isn't that for you? Isn't that for me? To wake us up out of some delusion we've put ourselves into? Do you understand? To wake us up and to put ourselves into some delusion? You know, you may have noticed, I was talking to somebody here during the week about, we don't dress up here at church. Have you noticed that? We don't dress up at church. I used to. I got a picture. Uh, we got a picture at home. It's not a digital picture, it's a printed picture, so we've been here a while now. Of me, I think the second week I spoke here, somebody took a picture of, of me, and I was wearing a suit. Same picture showed Maddie and Foss and, Huts- and Sawyer as a baby. Hudson wasn't even around, okay? And we changed. Why? Because Jesus doesn't really care about how you're dressing. He looks at what, folks? Your heart. But you know what? I have friends that keep telling me, well, if you go visit the queen, or if you go visit the president, you're going to dress up in a suit when you go visit them. Yeah, I'm going to go visit. If I visit the president, I know I'm required. I can't just show up in my jeans. I'm going to have to show up in a what? Suit. But you know what? The president can't see my heart. He doesn't see who I am. You can dress up a pig and still be a what? A pig, right? But when you appear before God, you're not impressing him. It's not for acceptance with him. It's for who you are. This is the issue. Does effort or faith result in the work of God in your life? The answer is a big fat what, folks? Effort, no. Faith, yes. So then he gets to the whole issue about what it truly means to be a child of God. Because I'll be honest with you, when you come by faith, Jesus tells you that you become, John chapter 3, the sons of God, the sons and daughters of God. Okay? Here's what I want you to see. Look with me, children of faith. Alright? First of all, he tells us right off the bat, because remember, it's the Jews who are coming along and deceiving them about being circumcised because that's what Abraham instituted, and if you're going to be a child of God, you need to be circumcised. But he comes along and points out to them, look at verse 6, just as Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Here's what he says. Abraham shows us that righteousness is the result of faith. Righteousness, what is that? That's making yourself perfect before God. And it's not by what you do, folks. You are perfect before God because of your what? Faith. Faith in who? Jesus and what he did for you to make you perfect. Do you understand? Because you can't do it right. What do you mean you can't do it right? Well, you know what? Even the nice stuff you I do. You know, sometimes I do nice stuff, okay? Even the nice stuff I do, you don't really know if it's really nice. It looks nice. Smells nice. But you don't really know that it's nice. Why? Because you don't know what's going on in my heart. And I may be being nice for all the wrong reasons, right? And so the nice things I do may actually be and a lot of times they are corrupted. Now you're going to start thinking every time I do something, is it corrupted, George? Oh, It's a good thing to think about, isn't it? But that's the whole point. The whole point is, it's not by what you do. Your acceptance with God is because you are righteous. Why are you righteous? Not because of what you've done. It's because of what who has done. Who has done it? Jesus has done. And it's by what? Faith. That's what Abraham... Abraham was declared righteous not because he was circumcised. Abraham, it says very clearly in Genesis, was declared righteous because he had faith in who? God. you understand? God. God. By the way, this just occurred to me. I want you to think for a moment. If you talk to most people about church and about Christians, they isn't it interesting, they don't describe Christians as a people of faith. They will describe Christians as a people of morals. Because Christians talk about what other people shouldn't do and what you should be doing. They don't describe Christians as a people of faith in the one God. Isn't that interesting? Interesting, isn't it? Look at the second thing he wants you to see here about children of faith. Look at verse 7. Therefore know that only those who are of faith are the sons of Abraham. So the Jews were coming along and saying, you know, we keep the law, we're the sons of Abraham. No, 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 he's saying only the children of faith are the sons of Abraham. What is he saying? Believers become the spiritual children of Abraham through faith. You become the children of God, the people of God, not through your efforts, but by your faith. Faith in who? Not yourself. Faith in Jesus. Did you understand? Faith in Jesus and what he's done for you. One other thing here. I want you to notice with me. Third thing. Look at verse 8. And the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel to Abraham beforehand, saying, In you all the nations shall be blessed. What's he saying here? Your faith and salvation were prophesied to Abraham long ago. Listen, folks. 4,000, over 4,000 years ago, God made the plan clear that acceptance with him was going to come through Abraham. Who would ultimately come from Abraham? Jesus. And that through Abraham, because of his example of righteousness by faith, you and I, the Gentiles, unless you're Jewish here, folks, you're a Gentile who had no hope of salvation before. But because of Jesus, we now have that. Not because of ourselves, but because of who? Jesus. And by that same righteousness by faith that Abraham experienced, you too would experience this. And here's what he said. God told us long ago that's the way it would be. So who are you going to accept? What God told us long ago was the way to acceptance by faith. Or what somebody else told you. So then he tells us something amazing. Okay? Amazing. Look with me, verse 9. So then those who are of faith are blessed with believing Abraham. What do you mean blessed with believing Abraham? Well, here's my final point I want you to see about being a child of faith. Okay? All right? Because of faith, you will share in the promises to Abraham. What promises? Well, you remember the promise that God gave to Abraham? He told him to look to the north Look to the south, look to the east, to the west. As far as you can see this, I will give you this land. He made wonderful promises to Abraham about what it will be like one day for him. And the blessings of Abraham. And do you realize that you, little O you and little O me, by faith, will one day share in those very same promises. And can I tell you why you'll share with them? It's because you had faith in Jesus, and you live by faith. It's not because you did the right stuff, or because you didn't screw up whatever the amount is, that you're not allowed to screw up. First of all, nobody knows what that is, right? I hope I never find out, because I probably have blown it that many times. I think God is gracious, because he's not telling us, because it's not the issue. The issue is whether or not you have what, folks? Faith! Isn't it interesting, the guy who's telling you this, the apostle had much forgiven. He persecuted the church. That means he killed believers. He's a murderer. He's trying to tell you that acceptance with Jesus isn't the basis of what you do. It is what? Faith. And those who have faith, because of faith, you share in the promises. Look, when you go to be with Jesus in heaven, you go to be with him. One day you're going to go to be with him and you don't know when that is. He'll either come for you or or you're going to go to be with him. You'll share in the blessings of Abraham not because, wow, your rap sheet looks good. But because you have what? Faith. Faith. Isn't that awesome? You say, okay, George, what do we do with this? Well, I'm I'm just going to give you two things to think about, okay? Here's the first one. This is for you and for me. You have to decide how you're going to live your new life for Christ. You have to be the one. Nobody else can tell you how to do it. Now, trust me, there will be a whole lot of people telling you how to do it. And they'll line up tell you what you shouldn't do and what you should do. Just turn on your radio, go to the bookstore, buy it from Amazon, whatever. Somebody's going to tell you what you need to do. I'm going to tell you right now, you've got a choice to make. Are you going to live by effort for acceptance with God or are you going to live by faith in what he's already accepted you for and act out of that? You have to make that decision. It's not me. I have to make it for myself. And folks, I'm going to tell you right now, I know this from my own life, it's a daily decision to live by faith. So you have to decide how you're going to live your new life. Because if you have put your faith in Jesus Christ for salvation, you have a new life. Now the question is, how are you going to live that new life? I hate to say it, but a lot of folks go back to living in bondage of having to do the right thing all the time when the right thing should come out of your life because that's who you are, a child of faith. Do you understand? Here's the second part. I gave it to you last week. I'll tell you again. Salvation empowers you to live each day according to your faith in Jesus. Isn't that what he said? Remember, we went through 2 Peter. It says that according as his divine power has given you everything for life and godliness. Isn't that what he says in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3? His divine power. What's that? The Holy Spirit has given you everything you need to live your life right now. How do you live that life? By faith. In him Not in you. You need Him. That's why you live by faith. And that's what I'm wanting you to make the decision about in your life. You're accepted not because you do the right stuff, you're accepted because Jesus did the right thing by going to the cross for you. Do you understand? So live by faith. Live by faith. Let me pray for you.